What is up, everybody? Welcome. My name is Kara G. Campbell, and it is so good to be here. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode one of Perfection Unfolding Podcast. I am your host, like I said, Kara G. Campbell, and you can find me on the internet, anywhere, pretty much at Kara G. Campbell. You can find me at Kara G. Photography. You can find me at Perfection Unfolding Pod. Um, and I'm sure there's like 17 other Instagram accounts out there that I have just waiting in the queue to be used. Um, and by I'm sure, I mean, I absolutely have 17 Instagrams that I have not used yet. Um, but yeah, so good to have you guys here. This podcast is to me going to be so many things. It's philosophy, it's relationship, it's mental health. It's kind of an audio diary for me. Um, it's weird recording on the video and recording audio at the same time. I don't know if you can tell, but I am a little bit nervous because I don't I don't want you guys to think that I think that I'm some special person in the world to to put a podcast out like I've got all these fancy things to say. That's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is to just show up and to share the things that I've learned and to not necessarily make it about me, but to use me as a tool to maybe help you get to your truth. Use my story as a tool to help you get to your truth. Um, And because I didn't know how I was going to start this, I actually journaled about this and I'm just going to start this episode off with a journal entry um, because I think it will kind of help summarize what I'm trying to do here. So with that being said, (laughs) here we go. This is my journal for those of you watching. Um, It's a magic of eye journal, hashtag not sponsored, but I would love to be sponsored putting that out into the universe. For all those of you who believe in manifesting, I am definitely one of those people. So here we go. Today was day 51 of me writing in my journal consecutively, and I'm very proud of that. Thank you very much. Day 51. Still so wild to me that I've made it this far. I'm sitting down to record my first episode of Perfection Unfolding, minus the trailer, and I'm finding a little fear is coming up. Fear because I don't know where to start, and it feels overwhelming. But even as I write this, ideas are flowing to me. Grounding exercises, journal roulette, maybe a section for affirmations, Maybe a section for research, storytelling. What's important is that I show up and figure out the structure as I go. Be yourself. Share what excites you and terrifies you. Share your your intentions and how everything you share is just a tool. Don't take everything at face value. Hear it, process it, see if it resonates, keep what does and forget what doesn't. Share the books that have rocked your shit. You don't need to share it all at once. You can't share it all at once. But what you can do is show up and talk to your people for however long, for however long you feel is necessary, maybe an hour. Ask them questions. Share your musings. Have a gratitude section. Share tips on how to be mindful and listen to your intuition. Share life updates and let them know you're a coach and a photographer and a dancer. Tell them how to support the podcast and you. (laughs) Tell them how to support you. Tell them that if they they find any value in the episode, to like, subscribe, and share with as many people as humanly possible. (laughs) This is how you can and will add value. Talk about the philosophy the podcast is about. Oops. Uh... Talk about how hard it is to participate in antiquated systems when you know the truth. Talk about what you know, your pain, your joy, how you transmute your pain into joy. Talk about how talk about how perspective will literally change how your genetics express themselves. Talk about relationships and holding boundaries even if it breaks your heart. Tell them about your fuck it era and how there are no rules. How you can do and choose whatever you want. Talk about everything. Perfection unfolding. Talk about everything perfection unfolding isn't. 
It isn't spiritual bypassing. It isn't an excuse for bad behavior. It isn't a get healthy quick fix to your problems. It's simply a start to the journey of self-love. It's a way to look at yourself and the world with more loving and compassionate eyes. It's an acknowledgement that you choose to see the godliness in everything and everyone. The holiness. The holiness separate from religion. A divine energy that exists in everyone and everything that can't be explained. But you know it's there. That is what you share. Everything and everything else will buff itself out and reveal itself in time. I love you. You got this. Um, I have a pretty, pretty interesting handwriting. Um, and by interesting, I mean hard to read. <laughs> because whenever I write in my journal, um, I do it pretty much every morning. And if I don't do it in the morning, I do it before I go to bed. Um, it's just a stream of consciousness writing. And when I write to myself, I, as you might have noticed, I talk to myself in second person. Sometimes I talk to myself in third person. Um, but I find that when I talk to myself in second person, it's like I'm talking to a friend. It's like I'm talking to the little version of me that lives inside. I'm just like, you got this. You're doing great. You're so special. I love you. Um, and for whatever reason, that kind of feels more encouraging. It feels like I'm not doing it by myself. Um, and if that makes me crazy, mind your business. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I want to share all those things with you. I want to share the philosophy of this podcast, which I've got some research pulled up. I, I don't want it to just be all about me. Solo podcasts are hard. They're, I'm sure that they can be kind of uninteresting. Um, and as the show evolves and grows and as I continue showing up for it, I will bring people on and I will, I'll interview them and, and we'll have a conversation and it'll be a little bit more dynamic. But in the meantime, it's important that I'm showing up. And guess what? So did you. You showed up today. And I'm proud of both of us. Turn up. And if anything, I want to be kind of like your cheerleader at when you're driving to work. I want this podcast to be a positive experience. Um, even though sometimes I'll be talking about negative things, negative experiences. Um, like I said, perfection unfolding to me is is not an excuse to act badly. Um, it's not an excuse to allow people to treat you negatively. Um, perfection unfolding to me, if you listen to the trailer, I'll kind of reiterate some of the things I spoke to there. And if you haven't listened to the trailer, go back and listen to it because it explains a lot of the things that I'm, a lot of the reasoning and philosophy behind what this show is about. But to me, it is just a knowing that we are perfect regardless of what we produce or what we can do for others. It's, we're beings, we're human beings. And I think, and this is my own philosophy and take this if it resonates and leave it if it doesn't, but I don't think we're here to do anything in terms of like capitalism, right? And I'm, I probably will eventually go on an anti-capitalist rant. Um, not rant, but my philosophies on how capitalism is so detrimental, which has been backed by lots of research. Um, but I think it just goes back to like, all I ever really want to do is frolic in a field. <laughs> like, like the idea of having to pay to be alive is really irritating to me. Like the idea that I have to pay like, we're the only animals on earth who pay to be here. Like, with the physical money that we just made up, right? That is annoying to me. Um, because I think that all we're here to do is to relate to each other. Like, if we're here to do anything, it's to just experience our humanness via relating to each other and relating to our environment and relating to our experiences, Somebody said this, and I can't remember who said it, but they're like, I think that love is just like relationship. I think that existence is just relationship. Like, I don't know that I'm me until I know what's not me. I don't know who I am until I know who I'm not. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? 
Like we're here to experience contrast. I think that that's why earth is so dense. I think that's like, if you, and here's where I get a little bit woo woo. And, and also like, this is kind of me just introducing myself. So bear with me. I have a lot of things that are swirling around in my brain, my suit brain. And I'm going to try to kind of keep a, a through line here, but essentially like the things that I believe, my philosophy about life, my philosophy about God, my philosophy about religion, my philosophy about being stems from like, we are just fractals of the universe trying to experience self, trying to experience itself. Like the phrase, everyone's a reflection of me, I think is so true because literally my experience like every person who's irritated the shit out of me they irritated me because like it was poking at a thing that I didn't like about myself and sometimes I had acknowledged that thing that I didn't like about myself and the, the person who was showing me that part of me they were annoying the shit out of me because they weren't doing anything about the annoying part of them <laughs> I was like trying so hard to do something about the annoying part of me and that was kind of the beginning of my spiritual my spiritual journey and like my my road to self-healing. Whereas now I have the perspective of like, yeah, there's some things that are annoying about me, but like, that's me. And I think I'm perfect. <laughs> you know, the like the formula that makes up Kara, the formula that makes up you, the formula that makes up your family and your friends, it is unique and nobody else has that. And that's what makes them perfect. Whether it annoys you or not, they're perfect regardless of how you relate to them. They're perfect regardless of what you think and what you feel about them. They're perfect just because. And that's essentially what I'm trying to get at in this podcast. Because um, I think ultimately it creates more compassion. I think it create the, this philosophy creates an opportunity for you to find the perfection in other people. Or re just recognize it. Like, recognize that their uniqueness alone is perfection in human form. It's perfection personified. And where my religious kind of perspective comes into play with this is that I think that God, universe, spirit, whatever you want to call the energy that lives and breathes in everything that exists, I think that we're all fractals of that kind of like what I said before. And if that energy, if that, if universe spirit got, if, if they're perfect, if it's perfect, if this universe is perfectly divinely created, then we're a part of that. We're a piece of that, whether we like it or not, <laughs> you know, and you can come at it from a metaphysical standpoint. You can come at it from a physical standpoint. Like there's the Fibonacci, um, what is it like the the Fibonacci circle? It's kind of, it's what the logo. Oh my God. I should know this. Jesus. I'm going to look this up. Uh, Fibonacci. I feel so silly. Fibonacci. Like shape. Oh my God. People think I'm looking up an Italian food. Okay. Anyway. Basically, like this this form, this like Fibonacci form, right? It's like basically sacred geometry. Um, that is in every snowflake. That is in every thumbprint. That is in every molecule on the planet, you know? And, and everything that we can find in science, like, goes back to this, like, sacred geometry. Like, the, the symbol of pi and how it's infinite. Like, it's just, we are that. And, like... If that geometry is perfect, then we are perfect. If like the rings in a tree are, per you know, it's just, we are part of the everything and everything is perfectly divinely made, which I think is something that most religions and spiritual practices have been all repeating and regurgitating since the beginning of thought, you know, and I don't subscribe to any one religion and any one spirituality or any one philosophy. I kind of cherry pick. I cherry pick what, what resonates. And I think that there is something in all of us. There's an intuition in all of us that when we hear something like, like we are perfection unfolding, 
we are a piece of everything. We are part of the perfection of everything. I think that there, at least for me, right? There's something in my gut that's just like, that's true, <laughs> you know? And and that's kind of where science and religion have always butted heads. They're like, we need practical information to make sense of of the world. And what I've always found interesting about science specifically is that it's just observing what's already happening and documenting it. That's all science is. But guess what also is observing what's already happening and documenting it? Art. And art can't really be explained. <laughs> you know, art comes from this intuitive place inside people, whether it's music or painting or drawing. We literally create things out of nothing. And if you think about creation, you know, like creating life, right? We're women's bodies or, you know, womb, people with wombs, they just, their cells just literally like multiply and generate and just create more things out of seemingly nothing. It's just, it's insane. Like, anyway, I'm kind of getting on a tangent, but. I just think the idea, the philosophy that we are, we are brought into this realm, this dense realm with these like perfect, pure intentions because we're made of this perfect, pure substance, this energy creation energy is like just love personified, I believe. And again, I caveat all of this with take what resonates, leave what doesn't. This show is about introducing topics that maybe you've never thought about before. And if you have, and this resonates and you're like, yes, Kara, you are speaking my language. Dope. I'm so glad I'm finding my people. <laughs> like, I could not be happier. Um, but back to what I was saying, I, I think it's just incredible, this this philosophy, thinking that we are just made of this per pure, perfect energy, substance, creation, goop. Um, and I find that like, as we get, as we kind of come into the world and we're, we're put into systems like capitalism and we're put into, you know, systemized education and, and there's just like structures and like all this le layers of ego trauma and all this stuff. I think that the idea of perfection unfolding is us getting back to that true un un uninterrupted godlike energy, like spiritual sustenance. And I know what a lot of people could probably think it's like, well, Kara, like, Perfectionism is dangerous. Perfectionism is negative. Perfectionism is, is bad. I'm not talking about perfectionism, okay? And actually, I did a little bit of research because I don't want to just bring you guys in, into this podcast, into this show space and be like, these are all the things that I think. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, partly I can do that and I will do that because it's my show and welcome. Um, all I have is my own, my own personalized perspective and that perspective luckily for me, is different than every other person's in the world because I have a very specific, unique genetic code that only I can interpret things in this way and only you can interpret things in your way and everybody else around you has a unique perspective and I just have, I guess, the the guts to freaking share mine. Who knows? The audacity, if you will. Um, but I do want to get into some some philosophy, philosophy. Um, and I actually, this whole experience of me starting the show, I didn't realize that I was so into philosophy until I really like sat down and I was picking the categories for the show. And I was like, oh, it's mental health, it's relationships. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, it's philosophy. It's just thinking about thinking. It's something that I've just been fascinated by since I was a child. I mean, I remember being in fifth grade at Levitt Ledger Intermediate School in Coppers Cove, Texas, and I had a class called Thinking About Thinking. And I don't know what it was about that teacher. I can't even remember his name, 
But that class was the first time I'd ever been introduced to this topic of thinking about your thoughts and asking questions. Why do I think those things? What caused that thinking? Who influenced that thinking? And here I am 11 years old. Like I just started my period. You know what I mean? I just learned about what a pad was and how to use secret deodorant. And I'm like, huh, interesting. I've never thought of my thoughts before. I've never thought about thinking about my thoughts with my mind. And then, you know, as you get older, you, I kind of got into like, as I got older, I got into like, oh, like my mind is separate from my thoughts and I'm observing them. And then that led me down a whole rabbit hole of like, you know, this spiritual awakening, if you want to call it that, which I call an awakening of self. I had like an awareness awakening um, where I just started thinking about everything and why I did things and how I did things. But those are topics for a different episode that we will get into. <laughs> Trust me. It's a very important, very important part of my life <laughs> and how I got to where I am today. But for now, I want to get into kind of like the research that I did um, about kind of this per idea of perfection, this idea of being perfect or be humans being perfection, if you will. Um, and I came across some good stuff and I was like, ah, I can just eat this stuff up. Um, so what I didn't realize was that the caveat to this whole idea of perfection unfolding, you ha it has a foundation in an ontological argument, which an ontological argument claims that God exists because if he did not exist, he would not be the most perfect being. And if he was not the most perfect being, then he would not be God. So basically ontological arguments argue for the existence of God. And I think to get on board with this podcast, you might find it hard to take in or to really like let it sit and, and simmer and to resonate if you don't have a, like a, an underlying belief in our oneness of everything, that everything is connected, that everything is a part of everything, that what I do to me, I do to you, what you do to you, you do to me. I have this underlying understanding. Again, I don't necessarily call it God. I don't call it source. I don't call it spirit. I call it all of those things. Oh, my friends. By the way, guys, I am filming this for my friend Delilah's house. I'm watching her dog, Pepper. And uh, hey, Peppy, she just came into the room. Um, there's actually a picture of Obama behind me, a painting. Um, Delilah, shout out. She's obsessed with Obama. And every time you talk about him, she cries. And I love that about her. Uh, fun fact. And also, thank you, Delilah, for letting me film in your house, even though you didn't know I was going to do this. Okay, great. Moving on. So, yes. So the baseline foundation kind of behind perfection unfolding has to do with an understanding that we are all connected. There is, you know, whether you believe in like uh, collective consciousness or not, or collective energy or, oh, Pepper, no, get down, get down. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You're not allowed on the couch. <laughs> She's acting crazy. So yes, you do have to have an understanding of, of I would say that every, you are connected to everything and everyone around you. Like I feel connected to nature. I feel connected to this dog. I feel connected to my mom and my dad and my friends and strangers and babies, I don't know. And I'm a firm believer that energy is everywhere and everything is energy and our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, like people can feel that. Like to me, like how else do you explain your intuition, right? How else do you explain being in the same room with somebody that you love, that you're connected to, and they say what you were just thinking like a second after you thought it? out loud like you were just thinking i want to go to the park and then like 30 seconds later like you know it'd be fun let's go to the park and you're like holy shit like are we are we telekinetic are we mind melded and to answer your question like i think yes and there's science to back that up there's quantum physics and there's all kinds of stuff that i'm sure i'll bring i'm gonna bring on the show um in terms of research just kind of open and expand our minds so if you're not quite there yet if you don't quite have an understanding you don't you don't need that to keep an open mind, right? Like this whole thing, I I don't want anybody to take what I say at face value, okay? 
that is like how you get caught up in cults. Okay, you just take what people believe and you're just like, which again, happens to a lot of us. Okay, it happened to me my whole life. Like, how else are you supposed to obey and respect your parents if you don't believe that everything they say is like, God, like my parents were my God, you know, like everything they said was Bible, <laughs> you know, like that's the truth. And this is how you do things. And we that's we get indoctrinated by our parents and by school and by church and by society. And that's okay. Like a lot of the things that we learn when we are in that unconscious mindset are super helpful. Like it's why I didn't cross the street when they were moving cars. And it's why I I never did cocaine because my mom told me this like story about how she's like, I was just I never did cocaine because I was afraid I was going to like it too much. And that honesty resonated with me. And I was like, well, I'm a lot like you. So yeah, I don't want to do cocaine either, you know? And that's okay. Like not everything that you learn and internalize from people unconsciously is negative or bad or unhelpful. I was like, but now that you're getting older, it's kind of like, you, it's important to start thinking for yourself and to understanding understand what you actually believe and what you actually feel resonates with your existence and your experience and what is helpful for you moving forward. And I want you to do that exact same thing with this podcast. I want you to keep an open mind, let it simmer, let it kind of like melt on the tip of your tongue, maybe like swirl it around a little bit, see if it works for you and then keep it if it does and let it go if it doesn't. I am not some expert person. I am just a human in the world who thinks about a lot of things for no apparent reason. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm going to get into some philosophy now. So <clears throat> basically, there's like a couple different ways of thinking about God and God's existence. And I'll very briefly go over them. So there's like a teleological argument, which is arguing it's a arguing on final causes and ultimate purposes in natural processes. So basically like a science-based, like this happens and this happens and this happens. So therefore this happens. Whereas ontological um, arguments are meta metaphysical. Um, they're focused on being and knowing. So it comes from more of a place of intuition and unexplainable energy that like all of us have, and we have no idea where it comes from, which kind of how I got on the, how kind of how I came to my idea that we are all connected and we're all oneness is I just have a knowing about it from my gut. Like the same way I know when I'm in a situation where someone's may or may not hurt me, like I'll be walking to my car and like a hundred yards away, I can feel someone's weird energy staring at me. And I'm just like, walk a little faster. And that people could say and argue that that's the fat, that's the, the, your fascia, like your fascia which is kind of like the the nerve endings, like the nerves that are in the like in your gut, like basically that line the muscle. Um, it's just like a bunch of little tentacle nerves that are like always searching and looking for information out in the world to make sure to keep you safe. Um, it's like kind of like it's they call it your second brain, but really it's kind of like your first brain because your gut feels it and then it tells your brain like you're in trouble. Um, people could argue that that's your your intuition but i think it's both i think intuition is a metaphysical a physical an emotional experience um but again that's my belief because that resonates in my gut okay so lots of philosophers over the years like this idea of of trying to philosophize god's existence either for or that it does exist or doesn't exist. They've been happening since forever. And Descartes was actually, he had an ontological argument that had to do with like being perfect or perf perfect being. Um, and according to Stan the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, um, oh, just kidding. I actually have a link to, to the entire argument of like Descartes' ontological argument. But I also, then I found a like basically... Descartes' ontological argument for dummies on study.com because who has time to sit here? I mean, I have the time to read it, but I don't have the time to sit here and like read it to you right now, right? So on study.com, basically like an exclamation for children. It says, Descartes argued, God is the most perfect being. Since existing is part of being perfect, God must therefore exist. 
And then it says, while similar, Descartes' argument is focused more on the nature of being, perfection, rather than the state of being, being imaginary or real. So it's like the nature of being is perfect. The state of being, chaotic, crazy, imperfect, unfortunate. That's where like human suffering is involved. My, this podcast, like this philosophy, perfection of folding is focused on your nature, right? Your natural inclination. And I believe like the natural, your natural desires, like if you were to take away all of the shit that you've been programmed with, which that shit does make you who you are, but if you were to take it all away, right? I think that that's like your soul, like your soul is the nature of your soul is perfect. Um, and again, this is, I am not talking about like serial killers and, and, you know, people who've done terrible things to children. Like it does not excuse any of that stuff, but I do think at some point in time, like, again, doesn't excuse it, but the soul of that being before it was torn down by the world, like was perfect. You know, the nature of their soul was perfect. And their circumstance and being in this dense reality probably fucked them up. Probably fucked them up. Somebody fucked them up and they fucked up more people. And the cycle goes back and back and back. And that's a generational trauma thing. And also a topic that we will be going over <laughs> because that's been a very important topic in my journey. So, but anyway, so study.com says he argued God is the most perfect being since existing is part of being perfect because existing is part of you know, being a part of the oneness, that's a part of God, God must therefore exist. Um, it also said that French philosopher and mathematician René Descartes made his own ontological argument for God, um, as he argued God is the most perfect being. Since existing is part of being perfect, God must therefore exist. So same thing. Um, whereas, so that's Descartes. So, and I think that I agree with Descartes. I think like, there is this book that was transformational in my, this book rocked my shit. And I've talked about it before, but if you've never heard me talk about any of this, if you were just now meeting me for the first time and you asked me what book changed your life, that book would be Conversations with God by Neil Walsh. By Neil, Neil Donald Walsh. Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Um, that book single-handedly validated all of the weird brain soup philosophies and questions I had about God. Mind you, and, you know, I, I didn't know if you thought listening to this podcast, we're going to get into all this stuff, but this is where we're at, boo-boo, so we'll keep it going. Um, but... In that, like that book changed my relationship with God, like, or to even be comfortable saying the word God again with a capital G, right? Because I grew up Christian, a little bit of background about me. I grew up Methodist, which Methodists to me are like the chillest of all of the Christians. They're just like, show up in your flip-flops and your Ravens. I, well, I went to, I lived in Maryland for a while, but show up in your football jerseys and just come one, come all, you're all invited. Everyone can do communion. Which, when I was a kid, I was like, this is dope. Like, this is so inviting. It's so welcoming. I love this because when I go to my friend's Baptist church, like, I can't take communion. And I feel like that's, like, not cool. I don't know. I feel left out and ostracized a bit. Even though every I look around and, like, I'm cool with all these people. They're like, you're cool, but you're just, like, not that cool. Like, you're not that holy. And I was just like, who are you? <laughs> Who are you to tell me? And I remember having those questions from the time I was, you know, 12 years old. And then when I was 14, I just, there was an event that happened at my church where, you know, I had been going there since I was nine years old. And my like youth director had known me since I was nine years old. And at this point I was 14 and I couldn't keep coming to the church as often because I had dance practice and I had theater practice and I had band practice and I had volleyball practice and I had all these things going on. And I would show up to youth group when I could. And one day, because I hadn't been in a while, my youth director just totally, like, iced me out in this weird way. And that was just like, that did it for me. I was, I just said, oh, this is Christian. This is how the Christians want to roll. They want to 
They want to pretend like they're my friend for literal years and not even be my friend, but be a mentor. Like everyone in this church loved this woman and it just really hurt my feelings. And, and honestly, I don't know if she knows that, um, but that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't blame her for it. It was incredibly transformational for me in a lot of ways that I can only really see when I look back. But that was the moment where I was, I just, the illusion was totally obliterated. The illusion that we all love each other and that we're, we're family and God is love and we are God, God's children. And we're all made in his image. And I was just like, you guys are saying one thing, but you're doing another. And I don't like it at all. So therefore to me, that just meant, okay, I'm over it. Like God, church, like it's all, it, I just, it just make, doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so I just kind of stopped drinking the Kool-Aid for lack of a better phrase, I guess. Stop drinking the grapefruit juice because Methodists don't drink wine, <laughs> you know, because alcoholics. Um, so anyway, that was kind of, that's kind of my background with, with how I, I stopped believing in God. And then that book, Conversations with God, kind of brought me back because for years, for years, I didn't feel comfortable calling myself an atheist. I didn't feel comfortable calling myself agnostic, but I didn't feel comfortable calling myself a Christian either. And for several years, I've spent, you know, heavily sedated with like alcohol, you know, socially, like I was in college, I was depressed. I had, you know, anxiety. I was just kind of generally checked out and disassociated from life. But as I kind of came out of that cloud of depression and anxiety, I realized like I think a lot of us do, something is missing. Something is, was it like, was it like, am I missing purpose? Am I missing the point? Like what is going on? I feel like there's just a piece of me that feels disconnected, right? And I think religion for a lot of us, it connects us. It's building community. It makes us, we, we find people who believe the same thing as us. And it, and not only that, but like, it's this message that is so uplifting. Like you feel so held by the message of, you know, Christianity. So that's all I can speak to because I've never had, I've never been a part of any other religion, but I felt so held being in a room full of people who all believe the same thing. Like we're all saved. We're all special. We're all God's children. We're, God is love. Like that felt so, that resonated so hard. That's why I drank the Kool-Aid in the first place. It's why I was really starting to get into the church when I was around 14 going to the youth groups, going to the youth rallies and stuff like that until I, like the, the illusion was kind of wiped away. Oh, please forgive me. I, I, my camera just died. <laughs> I do interrupt this uh, message. My camera just died. So I've just switched videos for anybody watching. Um, for those of you listening, that was a bit abrupt, but what I was saying was by the time I got older and I found this book, and I still had all these questions. I still had all of this desire to want to be connected, to want to know that there was more to life. There was more to being alive. There was more to all of the things, the tr seemingly tri trivial things I was doing every day. And I found this book, Conversations with God. And it's essentially... Now, again, it might be a little too, it might be too, a little too woo-woo for, for those of you who don't have a foundation of belief uh, in a God or a source or a spirit, but the author basically writes this letter to God and he's complaining about his life. And he's just like, dude, I've been a writer my whole life and I've never popped off and I'm really pissed about it. And also my marriage is failing and, you know, all this stuff. And he's just complaining to God, like, where are you at? You know, where are you at? I feel like a lot of us, even if we don't believe in, in a God, when times get tough, we're like, we reach out. We're like, please, God, like, if you are out there, do anything, something to help me, because I do not have this shit figured out. And I am desperate for answers. And so anyway, so this guy writes basically a letter to God. Um, and God responds in the book. And the book is essentially a channeled writing. Um, it's Neil Donald Walsh asking questions and God responding. And it sounds like woo-woo and kitschy and yeah, okay at first, but 
again, with an open mind, you read the book and you read the words and you read God's responses and you're like, there's something in there in my gut that's just saying to me like, this resonates. And what resonated for me is how philosophical the book is. And I think that's kind of what triggered this new wave of thinking about thinking for me in adulthood is that the book is so philosophical. Like it speaks to themes of like in the beginning, like there was everything that is, but everything that is cannot exist without everything that is not. And it kind of does this whole, like it kind of talks in, in circles and it talks about dichotomy and it talks about, and it kind of speaks to paradox and it speaks to, you know, the yin and yang energy of, of everything. And, and it just made sense to me and it was very logical and it it made, it was very grounded in reality. And God was like, don't take everything I say at face value. He's like, if you take everything I say and just like live and die by it, like you're missing the point of being human. You're missing the point of, of being alive. You're missing the point of expressing yourself, which you are an expression of me in your own unique way and like thinking for yourself and finding your own message and your own perspective. Like, and that was what I was just like, yes, that's what church and religion gets wrong. And even God, quote unquote, in the book speaks to this there. And in the audiobook, God is read by a woman and by a man or by a, by a more feminine voice and then by a more masculine voice. And I, I didn't know that until after I had read the first book. And then I listened to part of the second book and I was like, obsessed because you know naturally a lot of us because of our upbringing you know god's a dude so we think of him as like the father figure in our brain and you read him with a man voice but like the book flipped it on its head and i was just like hell yeah god's a woman because you read some of the words you're like a woman absolutely has said this like this is definitely what a woman would say or this is definitely what a man would say and you know if god is everything god is everything like not just man or woman like everything in between and um Anyway, so the book is just, it's a, it's a philosophy text. It's, um, it's a channel reading it and it just made sense. It resonated and it gave me that sense of, yes, oh my God, like I've been looking for this shit. And it's like, and what I thought was so cool was the fact that a lot of the things that, you know, quote unquote, God was saying in the book, those were questions that I already had and already kind of answered. Like I had already kind of answered that. I, be I believe all of us are one. I'd already, I've already kind of answered intuitively that we're not just here to, we're not here to really do things. We're not here to necessarily learn things. Like, I don't think that that's the purpose. The reason why we're here is to relate and to love and to be love personified. And if anything is perfect, it is love. And if anything is 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 perfect personified, it is humans loving. So there's that. Um, that book changed. That book changed my life. That book rocked my shit. And because my camera glitched out, I kind of forgot what I was doing. But to jump back to earlier when I could not remember what Fibonacci phrase I was looking for, it's the Fibonacci sequence that is the sacred geometry. That is what my whole logo brand mark is 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 a fibonacci sequence it's just a perfect sequence um and it looks like perfect perfect chaos which is oh i love i love a dichotomy i love a paradox i love i love contrast that is my favorite as i'm getting older i just am learning to like embrace and love the shadow as much as the light um and that's kind of what this work is speaking to um and that will kind of unfold itself as we go along this journey together. Um, so back to perfection, right? So we, we we went to Descartes and we kind of talked about how he had this idea of, you know, God is perfect or God's existence is, uh, since existing is a part of being perfect, God must therefore exist. Um, so then there's young, right? Because then, you know, you could be thinking to yourself, um, well, perfectionism is bad. Perfectionism is negative. Perfectionism has a bad connotation. Like it leads to burnout and like self-hatred and disappointment. And Jung, um, 
I would probably consider myself kind of a Jungian. I haven't studied his stuff in totality. I mean, even in a small amount. I've just the little bits and pieces that I've come across. I'm like, yes, that resonates. Um, the same way that the conversations with God book resonated. Like, yes, this resonates. A lot of things that Young Carl Jung says resonate. <clears throat> this is what Jung has to say about perfection, um, perfectionism and perfection. And I think there's a lot of value in his perspective too. So let's get into it. What does Jung say about perfectionism? He says, a reason to avoid perfectionism is that it blunts compassion. It does this indirectly by first inducing sadomasochism, a self-hatred that then turns outward to become callousness towards others. Compassion, quote unquote, literally means a suffering with. Perfectionism fosters the tendency to avoid all forms of suffering, making it impossible for us to engage with or get into our own suffering. Perfectionism likes to live in the spirit world, the world of the head, the realm of cold logic and neat theory. There is nothing theoretical about compassion and suffering. As the Greek word for compassion, splognizomai, something, it literally means uh, to turn one's bowels over. <laughs> so the word compassion in Greek translates to, to turn one's bowels over. Um, in its very nature, compassion is not about perfection. It pulls us into our physicality to be aware of our own imperfection. When we focus on being perfect, we cannot be compassionate. And given the riven state of our current reality, we certainly need more compassion. He goes on to say, as a part of our human shadow, quote unquote, which Jung is all about, he kind of introduced the idea of having a shadow and uh, respecting the shadow and not... Uh, negating it and only following the light and doing the, you know, basically he's like a, he's a advocate for not spiritually bypassing your negative side, right? Take it all in the negative, the light, the dark, the shadow <clears throat> and work with it and acknowledge it. And that's kind of how you heal. I probably butchered that, but that's kind of the, the gist. So he goes on to say, as part of our human shadow, perfectionism also leads to all sorts of ego issues because it splits off the shadow. Either it fosters egotism, thinking that we're better than others, or it turns into the flip side of egotism, i.e. feelings of inferiority and inadequacy. But the reality is that we are all in the cosmic soup together, all of us struggling with our shadow side, all of us basically equal as we try to play the game of life as best we can. Perfectionism hinders our recognizing our basic equality. And I think that this um, this is an interesting point, right? But this goes back to, um, uh, what we talked about earlier. It was like per perfection in nature versus perfection, perfection in value, right? I think that perfectionism in our current world and our current economy and our current society is all value-based. It's like, how good can I be? How much can I produce? Can't, how can how complete can I do this thing? Um, whereas like the nature of something is relative. I can think something's perfect that you think is a hot ass mess. I can think a hot ass mess is perfect just because it is. And that's relative to me. That's a rel that's relative to the nature of that thing to me. Um, and that thing can think that it's perfect. No matter like, depending on what it can, uh, depending on its value, depending on its nature, it gets relative to that thing. Um, but he's speaking, I think, particularly to like our culture. He's, it's very grounded. It's very, it's very matter of fact. And like how we currently view perfectionism, right? This act of trying to pursue something that is basically always going to be out of reach, you know? And he's saying that compassion is us loving our imperfections. And for me, I'm like, yes, I agree with all of this, but compassion, like I have come to the point where like my compassion is stemmed from knowing that it's all perfect. The imperfections, the perfections, like from like a kind of like from like a level above what he's talking about, the overarching view of it is like all of it. The whole cosmic soup is perfect. But that's because like I'm kind of viewing things as if 
as if I were God. Like if, if, if God's source universe is everything, right. And everything is love and everything is like love personified or whatever. It's like the, the love vibration. And it's like, that's perfect. And we're all and it's like, God's just like looking at himself, just like, you're perfect and you're perfect and you're perfect and you're perfect. And, and, and it, the source universe, God holds no judgment for any of it. And I think that's kind of where I'm coming from with the perfection unfolding piece is that it's a, it, it enables you to be more compassionate because you become less judgmental and perfectionism in its perfectionism in the way that he's talking about it requires judgment because you're you're judging the the value the value of the thing and what it can produce and how well it can do, do whatever whereas the nature and seeing somebody's perfect nature is actually like recognizing that they're perfect that it's they're perfect it's perfect just because without judgment it just is it just is true <laughs> you know if that makes sense um, Young also goes on to say, as human beings, each of us is blessed with many gifts. We are a unique in our set of gifts and talents. No one else has the exact combination we have. B unique in our purpose and mission in life. C precious in the special role and function we are here to perform. D guided in the lessons we are here to learn. E equipped with the full range of abilities and resources to achieve the goals we took up upon ourselves before we incarnated. So Carl believed in like choosing how we incarnated. And um, I also uh, subscribe to that. <laughs> um, and the last one says, and we're meant, uh, oh, the last one says, uh, equipped with the full range of abilities and resources to achieve the goals we took upon ourselves before we incarnated and we're meant to realize our being in all its fullness. Um, I also think that in this, in, in Jung's philosophy, he compare he like is comparing perfection to completeness. Like his whole idea is like the closest thing we can get to perfect is like how complete we can become in ourselves. Like, and I think that comes from following your intuition and really, really knowing yourself to the point where you can and are doing exactly what you feel you are meant to and kind of completing that cycle right because like I, a big part of just being in the world I've learned like as I'm healing is peeling back a lot of the shit that I picked up that doesn't resonate like to, and throwing it away um and I feel like I am kind of every time I do that becoming more and more complete to kind of use his philosophy in that way um which again I'm becoming more and more perfect I am realizing my perfection the more complete I become so I'm kind of like I'm t I agree with what he's saying and making it my own <laughs> it's like I'm thinking for myself or something how fun um I also wanted I also looked up um I was kind of just like you know what is the philosophy behind perfect like this just this idea I mean it's been around since since man had you know had word had words to describe things um and I found this website, it's called Axiology. Um, it says a book of philosophy and ethics. And the question says, what is philosophy? What is the philosophy of perfect? And in this uh, website, I'll have all these linked in the, um, the show notes if you guys want to go and read it for yourself. But <clears throat> what is the philosophy of perfect? We can even go further. Uh, the article starts. We can even go further and claim that the concept of perfection has nothing to do with any consideration of value. Again, kind of what I was speaking to earlier. Indeed, to say that something is perfect amounts to no more than saying that it has become all that it is likely to be, which goes back to that completeness uh, theory. Um, and then there's a quote by Thus R. Uh, Mishrahi that says, Traditionally, perfection is the completed fullness of a being, but this fulfillment is only given as an essence or idea. So they're saying that you can't only be perfect in theory, essentially. Um, but it also says, in that sense, a, a horse is called perfect when it possesses all of the attributes of a horse. Um, 
rapidity, long mane, muscle structure, etc. Another example, a perfect radiator is one which diffuses a pleasant warmth and never breaks down, etc. Possessing all the characteristics that we expect from a radiator. But we see now that this deprives the concept of perfection of all relations with the value. In fact, it deals with the essence of something, the nature of something, right? Indeed, for a given thing, being perfect is nothing but being all that it can be, completeness, and achieving the fullness of its essence, being in act all that it can. Sorry, let me start that over. Ugh. Indeed, for a given thing, being perfect is nothing but being all that it can be and achieving the fullness of its essence, being in act all that it can be in potentiality. So it's basically like, I'm going to read that one more time. Indeed, for a given thing, being perfect is nothing but being all that it can be and achieving the fullness of its essence, being in act all that it can be in potentiality. So being perfection is acting out your, that, like, that thing's full potentiality, right? So it is an ontological determination. Again, that ontological uh, piece is, you know, argument is about like the argument for god so it is an ontological determination not an axiological one in other words something is perfect when its reality corresponds to its concept but the value of this thing or this concept remains to be determined consequently the perfection of a thing characterizes its essence and not its value that's a lot this is the thing about philosophy it's it feels sometimes it feels like it's talking in circles and it is to a degree but this makes sense to me. So, um, yeah, in other words, something is perfect when its reality corresponds to its concept. Um, but the value of this thing or this of this concept remains to be determined. So essentially, like, it's just saying that in you can only be perfect in practice, in practicing the full potential of your essence, which... It's difficult to do. <laughs> so this is like really talking about action, like a the action orientation of perfection unfolding, right? Um, it's not just saying like, it's perfect. It's saying it has the potential to be perfect if it does what it's meant to do, right? And to that, I say hogwash. <laughs> um, and then at last, the last thing that I included in here was just a, a definition of perfectionism that was written uh, written and provided by the American Psychological Association. Uh, perfectionism is the tendency to demand of others or of oneself an extremely high or even flawless level of performance. So the action of achieving perfection. In, uh, in excess of what is required by the situation. It is associated with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health problems. It's also, you know, the action of the person is a perfectionist if they have perfectionism tendencies. So there's obviously a lot of like negative connotation. There's like a lot of negative aspects of like our human version of perfectionism, our egoic version of perfectionism, of us achieving this perfect thing. And I think that's where we mess up. I think that we think that it's something to be achieved. Um, and a lot of these philosophers agree to, and I and I'm like, I don't know because they're talking from like a grounded just like philosophical logical perspective a lot of them outside of Descartes Descartes was kind of you know more ontological more had the the background of like you know God is the thing first whereas Jung is very grounded in like we're humans like we're imperfect and because we recognize our imperfections we're more we're more compassionate and I I very much so agree with that and I also understand like the humanness of being alive, right? I am a very spiritual person. I am very, I believe in a lot of the stuff that people would call quote unquote woo woo, reincarnation and all that stuff. Um, so like my, I have like a baseline in the metaphysical that I believe in that gives me a lot of comfort, but I'm also very grounded. So again, like, Take this stuff and see what resonates and see what makes sense to you. Like what makes sense to you. If you have a 
very unhealthy relationship with perfectionism and part of your work is undoing that like for me i have like perfectionism has hindered me in so many ways over my life from like this perspective that young was talking about how like you feel inadequate and you feel um like you have imposter syndrome and all this stuff because you think that there's this this benchmark of perfect that you need to reach before you can do anything that's debilitating if that's a problem for you and you're in the part of your journey where you have to totally denounce perfectionism and just let yourself be messy and gross and and bad at things like that's your journey and I had to do that work like I literally look at me right now I my camera stopped in the middle of of, of recording I I threw together these notes before I started recording because part of me was like I'm not gonna do it because I'm not prepared and and I don't have all the answers and people are gonna think that I'm annoying and you know all this fear creeps in and I was just like no this does not have to be quote unquote perfect in the human sense right because I'm doing it it's perfect that's how I'm flipping the language that's how I changed this experience for me me showing up me coming here today and deciding to do it is perfectly aligned with with my journey me being myself me showcasing myself me sharing my thoughts and ideas with the world a perfect experience <laughs> just because I said it is just because I choose that I choose that over because that I choose that because it resonates and it feels and it feels intuitively helpful to my soul what doesn't feel intuitive, intuitively helpful to my soul, what feels intuitively hurtful to my soul is the other version of perfectionism, of me trying to reach this unattainable goal with like these, un, like, and what makes me laugh is that that perfectionism, like that perfect idea, that, that idea doesn't exist. I exist right now. Where I'm at right now, how I'm showing up right now, this exists, and therefore it's perfect, <laughs> you know? It's like that, you know, if God's if God's a perfect being, if if existence is part of being perfect, then God must be real. You know, it's like the same same kind of logic. Um, so anyway, I think that's a good place to stop for for this first episode. Um, this has been so fun and so cool. And if I was a little chaotic, like, oops, <laughs> you know. But if you got something out of this and and you enjoyed it cool thank you so much for for showing up for watching this video that i you know is is it quote unquote perfect not in the eyes of some but is it perfect because it exists absolutely and to that i wish you guys a good day like happy tuesday new episodes are coming out every tuesday um so be sure to set your notifications like, subscribe, rate, review, follow uh, me and the podcast. Um, you can follow me at Kara G. Campbell. That's C-A-R-A-G-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. -L. On Instagram, you can follow me pretty much everywhere. Well, I really only have Instagram. Um, follow the podcast. And please, on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube because um, this is a way that people can find the podcast. Um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Perfection Unfolding Pod on Instagram. I'll be posting clips of the show there, posting quotes. Um, I want it to be informational. I want this to be fun. I want this to be a resource. I want to be kind of like your big philosophical sister who's always just posing questions and and ideas. And um, and really, this is just kind of where I can brain dump. There's so many things swirling around, swishing around in my 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 brain at any given moment, and not all of it is relevant relevant or important or even worth mentioning, but I think this stuff is. I think, I really truly believe that. I think that philosophy is highly underrated and I like thinking about thinking and I like this idea that everything is perfect if we just shift our perspective, if we just give way to letting the suck suck and letting the good rock and not judging it you know just living in a non-judgmental space i think is ultimately the goal living in a more compassionate space is ultimately the goal because if you can be more compassionate for yourself 
you can be more compassionate to others. If you can hold less judgment for yourself, you can hold less judgment for others. And if you're like me and you believe what's what's good and helpful for me is good and helpful for others, like then that's let that resonate. Let that be your guiding light. Let that be why you keep going. It's not just for others, it's for you. Like thinking about thinking and getting clear about what's important to you and getting clear about what's helpful to you is going to change the world on the micro and the macro, right? The more people do that work, the more people figure out what resonates in the most helpful way. Like we're not all going to agree on the same values. We're not all going to agree on the same religion. We're not all going to agree that we're perfect, right? But we can but we can all get to that inner knowing. And I think that that inner knowing is the same for all of us in what's helpful and hurtful at the end of the day. I, I choose to believe that. Um, and I think that that's what kind of makes us different as humans is that for whatever reason, we have this, we come into this life with this intrinsic knowing of like what feels good and what doesn't. Like we know intuitively what's helpful and what's not like before you like right after you say that negative thing to this person to the person you love it's instantly in your gut like oh that didn't feel good you know I don't like the way that that makes me feel why do we have that I don't know but like also in this in the, the opposite of the spectrum it's like when you give someone a gift that was really thoughtful and you watch their face light up that feels really helpful and really good and it feels juicy and warm and there's something that we just we understand about love and we understand how it affects others and how it affects ourselves and we just feel that higher vibration that love vibration just feels so good it feels holy almost you know and that's all I'm trying to do is just to spread a little more love to spread some to kind of share some share some tools that I've picked up over the years that have helped me get to a place where I can love more and I can understand more and I can be more compassionate and I can I can be more understanding and I can hold less judgment and not take anything super personally anymore and on that note my friends I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up the show it's been over an hour and I can't believe it this has been episode one of Perfection Unfolding. Holy shit. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a wonderful day. I am sending you all of the vibes, the energy, all that hippie woo-woo stuff. I believe in all of it. Um, prayers even. So I bid you adieu. Like, share, follow Perfection Unfolding Pod on all the things, including especially YouTube. Tell your friends. And if this if this podcast, this show provided any value to you at all, let me know. I I would love to know. If you guys have any questions or if you have any um, ideas for uh, segments or philosophies, you can email them to perfectionunfoldingpod at gmail.com and I'll feature them on the show. Like, hell yeah, let's get some interaction. So bye guys. I'll see you next Tuesday. Holy shit. Thank you so much. Have a good day.